And welcome back to Richmond Tiger Talk. My name's Nick. And I'm Andy. And we're the first week of February, uh, the we're in, we're in match simulation season, for whatever that's worth. Uh, actual pre-season games are a, a couple of weeks away. Are you, are you feeling what uh, football is cooking for us at the moment? I am very much. Sort of, it's been a it's been a it's been a healthy off season break. Um, I enjoyed it. I needed the refresh, but there's been enough things. We're about to talk. Who's training the house down? Uze's done some, you know, quite revealing interviews. Mm. The sort of there's enough there's training. A camel. <laughs> camel excited, <laughs> excluded. Um, but the there's enough sort of. You know, youngish players who who are showing promise that I'm back in. And look, Nick, this is the first time since 2007, so 2017, sorry, so seven seven years that we, are, according to sort of bookmaker projections, we're going to lose more games than we win. We're not going to make the eight on average. They're just pre- mm. they're just probability predictions. Same thing was the case in 2017. Famously, we did slightly better than expected. <laughs> but, yep. but I'm okay with that. Like it's it's a reset. It's a it's a different feeling. But we've been here before. We've been here more times in our supporting life than, or even in this podcast life, we've been uh, <laughs> underdogs rather than overdogs. Um, so it's not. It's obviously not as good as smugly. I'm wondering whether we're going to repeat a premiership, but it is. It's exciting and like I'm back in is what I'm trying to say. Emotionally, there is there is a, a natural process of uh, regeneration and healing that that happens. You know that uh, you start off. Uh, oh look, the big bash is on, and you know the the test matches are always good, and then you're trying to. Uh, sustain interest in a in a one day international versus a second rate West Indian team at Monica Oval, and yeah, yeah, I'm ready for football. <laughs> yeah, you might have seen Nick that I've tweeted three times today after being relatively quiet over over the mm. summer breaks. Um, but yeah, I was excited, and then I got annoyed about the AFL's ridiculous scheduling choice to put us a goal to start oh, the season at Gold Coast and then five days round, breaks. The round zero, how? How at the very start of uh, the season? Like I'm, I'm, I'm honestly surprised. Look, I'm not that surprised that the players' association rolled over because it, it's more money. But and we've seen something similar happen in the NFL in the last five years or so. But yeah, the the argument. Oh, you know, we've downplayed the the preseason, so it's actually not extra work for the players to have uh, an extra round. Well, well, no, the pre-season seems to be exactly the same as it always was. It's got less fanfare and structure ever since, you know, the former, um, you know, however, you know, uh, Escort Cup, uh, Ansett Cup. I can't even think of some of the other sponsors. There There were so many, but... You know, since the formal competition died a natural death, it's always been like this. Uh, and just, and also, and end of five, end of, sorry, you started with the five day break, and we, which is just 
ridiculous. How do you how do you self impose uh, that that sort of a, a condition uh, on on clubs to start off the season? You're putting them at a disadvantage right away. Without naming names, I can say that the belief that the AFL house hates Richmond is is held at the highest levels of our club both current and former administrators. And you do kind of wonder, negotiation was, we, we probably said, we really like the Thursday night um, start of the season. Mm. It's, it's a great event. We get big crowds. It's a great way to start the season. Can we please Makes have a money, game? Rates on TV. Yeah, so they don't, they don't want to mess with the golden goose. But, but yeah, the AF, they've, they, they, they've ruined it. Like, they've, yeah. they've ruined both the moment because it's no longer Look, the first they game. Have, they've attempted to do this uh, before. And, and yeah, the, you know, they've got floundering uh, expansion clubs, certainly, certainly off-field. Off um, uh, you know, both, both the Giants and the, the Suns are, are struggling to um, cut through. So... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But then, because for whatever reason, like to give us a five-day break off a Gold Coast game, oh. sort of guarantees that we, um, that we, you know, at best we'll start one and one. Like it's just like how uh, I, yeah. I would have been apoplectic with rage if I was being in it and and given that deal. Yeah. And I, I presume we didn't get much say in it, and it's like. Like, could you make and Carlton haven't played a game the week before? Like, they have, they could not have made it any worse for us. No, uh, anyway. And, well, and look, the I'm thinking about heading up for the uh, for the Suns game, but yeah, you wonder if are there are, is it good for Melbourne supporters to uh, Melbourne based supporters to uh, not have the game in winter when you'd really like to spend some time at the Gold Coast uh, compared to. In autumn, when the weather's quite reasonable. Mm. All right, I don't know. Not, not anyway, negative. Neg- rant, rant over. How? Not- how did you? Uh, I know you watched some of the the match simulation, which, um, uh, so uh, as you know, my uh, kids were involved in underage water polo tournament on the, on the weekend. Um, their semi-finals and finals. Uh, were were broadcast. I mean, only had one camera, but they were broadcast with a commentator. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, looking, this can, I don't, don't want to be too negative, grateful. They put the video up, but yeah, yeah, he did. He it? didn't. He didn't have. You know, he he only knew some of the some of the kids, but he had a list of their names and he said their names and they got the ball. It's mm. not that hard. Like. <laughs> we've, well, we've this the, and, look, look I would like Brenton. I would like Brenton Mann to commentate like he writes his match reports with plenty of um, yeah, yeah, plenty of the alliteration. VFL, the VFL has some really good commentators. Like I really, uh, particularly when they they get they've got a decent number of cameras. Like it's it's quite a good quality product, and I and I enjoy it. And there that, are lots that, of good. There are lots of good commentators out there who don't get a gig because they haven't played AFL or AFLW. Look, don't, and you can, I'm sure they do it for basically peanuts. Anyway, um, I was still glad they put the video up. But oh, look, yeah. I was glad, but yeah, it was, it, it was it, pretty, it was amateur. Oh, tad harsh, but um, the, the thing that 
I, I mean, in all honesty, I, I, I thought, God, I'm out of, you know, by about midway through the season, you can recognize every player on the team by their gait. Um, and I could not do mm. that. Like at one point I was thinking that Hopper had won a clearance and then Hopper had clearly took the next mark. And I think I'd uh, confused McAuliff with Hopper, which is like credit to McAuliffe that he's uh, that, that buff, that right. young. McAuliffe. Yeah. McAuliffe, sorry, McAuliffe. Um, but I, I was thinking, uh, yeah, still still getting the hang of him. Um, but well, I know what, there were half a dozen VFL players out there yeah, it, as well. Yeah, there was, it, it, there was it, a lot it, going on. It was hard to... A, a few, like, LaFowl, you could tell from a long way mm. away, and obviously the Bruckman, which that's probably half the reason I watched it. And the Keys, you could pretty tell, but... But yeah, um, and Thompson Dow was obviously now getting to finally getting to some of the positives of the preseason. I think uh, it's fair to say that um, Thompson Dow has uh, emerged after, as discussed on this podcast, you know, he was probably a Trent Cotchin retirement, timely retirement away from um, yeah. uh, being uh, having his list in serious trouble. And he's probably starting midfield round one next year. But what was, what was your take? Have you seen some of the highlights? Uh, I have look. Uh, Steely Steely Green um, kicked a few goals, which I was I was really pl- pleased to see. Um, yeah, you mentioned uh, Lafau. He's one of the the two train on players, um, along with uh, Western Australian kid uh, Mitch Schofield, who's sort of a third third tall forward uh, type. Um, yeah, I I thought. Um, look, I've one thing I wasn't quite expecting from this off season was getting to know Sam Naismith quite so well. But uh, he's he's quite a charming story, if if in no way a long term uh, solution. Um, Josh Gibbs played football. That was wasn't always great football, but he looked fit and he was on the field. So I was I was happy with that. Um. Yeah, um, Jack Ross um, uh, was pretty solid. Like, yeah, I I enjoyed it. Um, well, just, just can I just go not, back to one? Not, or two? Notwithstanding the view experience. Um, so Lafau, um, uh, stop me if you've heard this before. He absolutely nailed some people and some tackles. Yep. Uh, um, as, a, there's a, as we discussed on a previous show, he had a VFL game last year where he had more tackles than Richo did in several individual seasons. <laughs> Indeed. Um, and um, Mantle, um, actually, full, full credit oh, to him. Mantle David, looked good, yeah. David King fully watched the game, wrote quite a good report on it um, on Twitter. Um, he, and full credit, he came away loving Mantle, and Mantle absolutely nailed, um, uh, I think it was on Dusty, but it was def- I might have been Toronto, but he he's... He's playing like a man who knows he has to play well in preseason to get uh, round one, and looks like a surprisingly and very much against my expectation has towards the end of last year and start of this year shown some upside that I don't think we that we were necessarily banking on. Can I go back to Dow briefly, Nick? Mm. Sure. Um, so notable turn of speed. Um, yeah. Especially in the Richmond midfield, which is is you know it's it's not completely one pace, but it, especially with Cochin last year, Cochin and Hopper are, are not you know the it's not the fastest midfield, but 
So he will note. I think he'll add. You know, he can he can get around the corner against a lot of players. You you really notice it. He's not the world's best kick. He's more of a hand passer. No, it, uh, his kicks do float a bit, but he's he's got a nice sidestep. He's always had a nice sidestep to him. Yeah, he does. Um, so I think I think our midfield, like obviously towards the end, Cochin's probably greatest greatest attribute with his smarts and his positioning. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think that's part of the reason Dow struggled to get a game is he wasn't always, that, that wasn't always a strength of his, but we'll gain a lot now. And I think, like, upside is he could be a bit more complementary to our existing mids. Hmm. But I just wanted to run something by you. Are we, who's, who's going to be the, de- designated kicker and maybe that's a bit why we're moving dusty um for those who haven't read it michael mm. gleason wrote an excellent piece yeah, in the good. h um about uze's plan for the midfield um mm. and dusty see he, he's sort of talking more about dusty playing more as a, a, a as a mid who goes forward rather than a what he was sort of last year mm. which is a forward who plays mid um and maybe that's a little bit the uh, and a recognition it's probably just about dusty but you know, someone's got a kick, and um, that sort of at the moment, uh, you, you know, with Dow going in there, it, it's sort of I think it's a net upgrade, perhaps, um, and de- definitely in speed and burst. But um, you know, with TT in there and Hopper, who's who's you know has his moments to kick, but it's not a great kick. That you know, well, he's the, not a great kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's better than Trento. He's better than Dow. Yeah, okay, that's an interesting ranking. But uh, either way, it, it's not... It, it's the three guys who you, no one, the most one-eyed fan, would not describe as clinical. Um, so it's sort of... Yeah, there's a there's a balance issue there that um, uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see it play out. And that, this is part of the thing I'm excited about. And unless you wanted to comment on that, I was going to mention Noah Bolter. Oh, well, I don't, just to finish off on the, the mids, um, Kane, Kane McAuliffe... We've mentioned um, has has been getting good reviews, um, uh, both both at training and and match simulation. Um, yeah, and he's a you know quite a big boy, um, relatively mature body, but maybe a bit rough around the edges. But no, he's he's definitely shown some signs. Yeah, sh- shout out to um, Nash, uh Richmond fan nerd Treasure Caesar, who writes great reports on Punt Road End, but him and, and other track watchers have been sort of have been on him early. And um, I Jack think Graham as well. Yeah, that's right. And um, you know, it seems to be borne out. In, in he'll definitely get a good good crack in the practice games. We'll you yeah. know we'll see how he goes. But um, it's a tough position, right, to come into because yeah. yeah, yeah, like you're playing amongst the best of the best, obviously in the midfield. But um, look, great preseason hype. Uh, he he would be the clubhouse leader for training the house down. Mm. Yep. Among, um, among the very youngest players. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think training the house down has to be someone unexpected, right? Mm. But, um, mm. Like, um, yeah. It's sort yeah, of, Toronto winning the 2K time trial. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. expected. Um, so, Nick, we'll move to the rucks. Maybe we'll start We'll start with the... We've got lots to say, Noah. Um, I watched the Nank Naismith battle quite closely. This may shock you. Um, Nank's a better ruckman. Um, two thousand and sixteen Sydney Swans uh, Redux. Yeah, it's still it, it is a mystery how we won that battle because like Nank was beating him straight up in the taps uh, early on. Um, yeah, 
No, Smith's had three new reconstructions in between then and now. <laughs> That's true. Um, and he's actually all, is, is, is on the wrong side of the HQ. To his credit, Naismith um, kicked a goal. And, uh, I had to confirm this with uh, someone who was there, um, and thank you for your intel. Um, but uh, he did kick a goal in the far wing. Um, mm. I think Nank was off the gown, but he would have hated that. Um, and so he showed it a little bit more off the... He, he perhaps wasn't quite as good in the ruck as I hoped, and better around the ground than I feared. Um, mm. So it's, it's only against Nank, so it's the one guy he won't guarantee to be playing against, but... Um, it wouldn't be Richmond Tiger Talk if I didn't talk about the second ruck. Um, speaking of, Noel Bolter, did you read um, Uso's mm. comments in the age about him? Yeah, playing, uh, having him as a power forward who, do, who does some time in uh, midfield. Um, yeah, I, I will be interested to see how it goes. Okay, so he had... Words to our ears, Nick, because game time is something we talk about on this podcast. A lot of mm-hmm. other places don't. And um, he talked about, you know, Noel being a burst power athlete and he'd be better with breaks on the yeah, bench. And, and key, key defenders traditionally are all well over 90% game time. Yeah. And so theory sound. Um, don't mind that at all. And as a Ruckman, we sort of got over it last year because we accepted he was so badly needed in the back line. But... Um, you know, in the past, we've been advocates for his ruck work. He's, you know, he's a big power athlete and he sticks that knee in hard. Like, um, if I was one of those two, 202 centimetre ruckmen, um, you know, I'd hate to play against him. Uh, you know, all game, they blear him down. But he hits hard. Like, I've forgotten who he wiped out last year in that marking contest. Um, but yeah. that, that, that knee really comes with force and he brings pressure around the ground. So as I said, he said the second part about the pressure. So that's really exciting. And, you know, you look at the team balance also, like Lynch is not playing round one. Who's going to be our key uh, forwards? You're kind of, where's our biggest need? Um, it, it also makes sense from a need perspective. Yeah. Look, uh, I, I think, uh, I, I always remember, I think it was 2011 or 2012. Um, uh, look at, uh, I looked back on recent pre-seasons, what you could learn from them, and it really was a mixed bag. Like, there were literally lineups played in the pre-season that we never saw <laughs> in a senior in a senior game. So I don't, I don't know. Look, I'm... I'm all for the phase of experimentation. Um, but yeah, when when Lynch comes back, um, is does who's who works best as a complementary forward, I think. That's because that that position needs a fair bit of um uh football mouse, which hasn't always been Bolter's strength, so yeah. And and Kazitsky because it's you didn't wasn't great, honestly. I, and I will say, I completely agree, and that's definitely the take home. I did notice a few times he contested well. He bought mm. the he bought the ball to ground on a two and one circuit circumstance. And I go, hmm, and I sort of went, hmm, yeah, that's competent. He's a big, Com- he's a big, he's a big strong boy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think if he if he reaches competence, that would be a great result. Um, and um, yeah, I I think uh, as I've said to you offline, uh. It may not be the right thing for him or his body, but um, we will miss. We will feel a jack size hole this year. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely so. Um, 
Anyone, anything else from preseason? The the injury list, you know, unfortunately, Prestia with a bit of a hamstring, but the, the injury list um, does seem to be showing signs of progress, which is good. Yeah, so the only ones, um, Kulthas has just come back to training. Oh, sorry, from, he's just doing light running. From a, um, from a hemi, yeah. Yep, uh, Juddy and um, Young are both re- rehabbing shoulders, but doing full other training. Apparently, um, Flossie has come back from his concussion, or through his concussion was really bad news because he has a history of them. Does, um, but, yeah. yeah, but he's training again. Um, and Grimes has had, it's fair to say, a, a pretty ordinary preseason. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One, one to watch. Um, but yeah, uh, sort of maybe finishing where, where we start. Um, I'm enjoying it. And Uze does seem to be a breath of. Uh, fresh air, um, which yeah, which I like. Yeah, yeah look, he's not giving away state secrets, but it's, it's nice to mm. have that ta- tactics discussion. Like he's he's not he's giving a bit away to journalists, you, you know, not completing them, treating people like complete idiots. Um, which I no. enjoy, not that not that Dimmer did, but I'm just like I, I enjoy that he's not. No, but Dimmer Dimmer got more cranky and impatient, you know, after yeah. more than a decade in the job under. Understandably, also uh, he, would, he wouldn't have done that Gleason piece. Um, he no. just would have said no. Um, well, just, I think I think he did. I vaguely it, it's so long ago. I don't think we remember um, early dimmer. Uh, early early dimmer. Richmond's uh, broke um, and desperate for good publicity. He probably he probably did more stuff in those days. Yeah. Anyway, like as, it's it, as it, as as. Uh, Exhibit A, some of the stuff he's doing with the songs. <laughs> yeah, so I'm um, just on a quick aside. If people are on the internet and they look at the Swans thing, uh, di- uh, Sons, uh, yeah. uh, apologies. Um, Dimble, Dimmer's doing some dumbbell lateral raises, um, which are a famously hard exercise um, to do properly and with good technique. And like one of the 101s of it is take a lighter weight and do it properly with good form. Guess what? Dim, guess what? Dim is doing <laughs> heavier weight, poor form. <laughs> yeah, it's not terrible form, but it's uh, yeah, it's not perfect. But he, it was for a joke for Kingsley with Kingsley, mm. who is famously buff. So you know, uh, bless all in good spirit. Um, still, actually, still, they're still alpha male in each other. <laughs> just since you bought, since I bought up Dimmer, I do. I have been asking this sort of internal. I've been internally debating Nick, you know, and we're both mm. pro wrestling fans, so mm. we get sometimes booing is theatrical. It's not real, but should we go to the round one, round zero game? God, what a terrible yeah. name! Do we? Be, is it okay to boo Dimmer? Uh, no, but I, but I, I think it's. I don't. It does. You know, he's bought he's bought me so much happiness, like, and he hasn't gone full. Uh, I'll. If he goes full heel turn, um, uh, you know, and badmouths Richmond in the lead up to the game, I think I think it might be fair game then. But no, that it is. Looking, um, perhaps this is a, a good spot to transition. But it, it's notable in um, uh, Trent's book. He talked about both how much he fell out uh, with Dimmer. Um, particularly after after his marriage broke up, but that also that they uh, reconciled at the end. So yeah, um, 
It, it was it was a messy exit, but eh, he's he's brought us so much joy. Mm. Um, to for go now. back to for now to go, to go back to a comic. I mean, that would be fantastic if he went full heel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, yeah, it's kind of like you know part of the way he left and the way it was treated did leave a bad taste in your mouth. But like, the thing <sighs> is, if 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 we boo him, it'll be a story, and like yeah. boos are really loud, yeah. but. It only takes I know, five. and and he was welcome. Even after he took the son's job, he was welcome back for the farewells and and stuff like that. So yeah, and if there's not ill will from inside the the club. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. Okay, well, I'm I'm I've I've I'm not going to boo him, but uh, if someone else does, I'm, I, I and even especially if it's tongue in cheek, I, I I could understand it. Anyway, moving on. Anyway, um, so we wanted to do uh, Richmond Book Review, which we are, uh, I was thinking about just how lucky we are to be in this golden age of uh, Richmond um, uh, books. So we've, we've interviewed uh, Conrad Marshall uh, about his books, George Meglaginus about his Richmond uh, theme book, Walid Ali, uh, about his uh, Bashahula book. We talked about the uh, Marlon uh, Pickett book. Um, and you compare that to when we were kids. It was li- we literally went twenty years in between Dale Waitman's autobiography and Matthew Richardson's autobiography. Like, there's a whole. Uh, generation of, you know, Knights, uh, Campbell, uh, Lambert, Bowden, um, you know, Joel Bowden. Oh, God, I'd read a Joel Bowden book right now, particularly if, <laughs> if he becomes Chief Minister of Northern Territory, which doesn't seem impossible. But, you know, there's this generation of, you know, highly decorated um uh, Richmond players, and yeah, we we just don't get to hear from them. And these days, we get you know multiple Richmond books within months of each other. Yeah, it's good times. So, full disclosure: you've read both. I've read one. I've read um, both. Yep. Um, I've read a few excerpts from the Cochin book, though, which are interesting. Hmm. Just before we get into them, compare and contrast. Uh. Honestly, the Trent book was more surprising for its level of candor, um, which um, Trent's um, Trent's always had smoother edges than Jack in the in his public persona. So that you know, perhaps perhaps there was more more there. Um, but yeah, I I I probably learnt more from the Trent book, although the the Jack book. Uh, uh, the Jack book I enjoyed, and, you know. God, God knows, um, I can read about the three premierships over and over again. But yeah, that, that that was probably my initial reaction. How did you feel about the Jack's book? Well, a little bit biased because sort of through a long twisted story, we we won't go into that. Uh, Comrade Marshall sort of did a heavy edit on the end of the Jack book, so um, uh. I enjoy Jack's story. Uh, like you can see a bit how Jack 
can be an exhausting personality to spend a lot of time with. Not yeah. Conrad said that, but just because um, like it is, he is quite. He's pretty, he's pretty hyperactive <laughs> and a bit forthright in his views. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's I enjoyed. Yeah. It. I lo- I love the stories of Tassie Footy. Um, the, yeah, I really enjoyed those. The self awareness comes and goes. As yeah. as as has been the case through his career, like you know, it, it it's not interestingly not mentioned at all in the book, but you know, he got um he made some comments uh during about you know taking a pay cut in COVID and you know highlighting the bushfire game as an example of the player's selflessness, which uh, landed landed like a dead fish. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, look, I, I love the stories that we mentioned. I mentioned two of the sort of real things that stood out to me when he sort of talked about, a bit about the no plan in the Carlton final and um, yeah. uh, how he, I think, quite rightfully felt a bit of thrown under the bus by Dimmer and the, about the the tra- he uh, about the chase to the the train station. He did. He also made an astute observation that something that Yuzo has really um, uh, embraced is like it's time to move on. Um, what, what does all the, you know, the the picture of the 2017 Premiership heroes, you know, what what does that mean to Steely Green? Um, yeah. You know, it's means a lot to us, but it's you know time to take that stuff down internally. Um, and Uze is very much, uh, you know, he's, he's really tried to reset expectations, um, and uh, that that I think that was all astute, and is obviously what the new coach has done. Um, but yeah, look, I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I, I was going to. The, it was also interesting, like you, you know, we're, we're dishing up the dot, dirt. But when you remember when Cotsham was benched against Adelaide, um, mm. and he talked about how Dimmer um, barely, sorry, no one spoke to him after he was benched. Mm. Um, uh, and yeah, it was interesting because he was really struggling at that time. Um, and it's sort of that uh, proud warrior, and partly sort of not wanting to admit he's gone but you know it also did make me reflect i think we could have managed these last year better like obviously his 300th was glorious but um um, one of the interesting things from jack's book uh about how you know we never we just never used to do farewells like gasper uh richardson bowden and nathan brown didn't didn't get any sort of uh, farewell, and most most of them finished up, you know, in, in some random uh, mid-season game. Like, uh, you know, that players would just be gone. Um, so, yeah, I, we, I, I think doing, as a club, we're, we did we're it doing better. it a lot better. Yeah, yeah as a club, and, we did it better. But I, it, I wonder, it's, it's always hard. Like last last seasons, last seasons of legends are always. Mm, they're, they're a bit messy. I, don't, we, I, I can, I can well, forgive well, some sins. Yeah, I look, it doesn't matter now, but I sort of wonder whether we should have rotated Conchon in and out more. But again, on the flip side, the interesting thing was the communication afterwards in that, that game. But um, that's sort of a, a minor chapter in the in the overall Conchon story. Mm. Was there any other sort of things that really stood out to you? Oh, look, from look, maybe finishing off the Jack book, you know, he. Well, I think I think actually they both talk about the the lack of structure in the club. Um, uh, Jack Jack is a bit wistful about um, Terry Wallace 
coaching and how we could, you know, pull a rabbit out of the hat on game day. But yeah, just having nothing to fall back on of the of the emotional roller coaster. Um, he actually mentions about how we used, we took preseason really seriously because we, you know, we were always struggling for members and money. Um, yeah, so you know, I mean, it's a familiar tale of of how far the the uh, the clubs come. Um, you know, it confirmed. I, I've always been deeply uncomfortable about when they show footage of, you know, when Jack tried to come back onto the ground when he was heavily concussed. Like, you know, and he talks about having absolutely no memory of that whatsoever. So, yeah, it was pretty uncomfortable. The the failure of the the leading. Um, look, both Trent and Jack talk about the lack of leadership in 2016, but um, the you know Jack talks about the um, you know Liam McBean being sat in front of the whole playing group and um, you know her with people hurling abuse at him. You know, one of the back the same thing happening to one of the backroom staff, like. Yeah, really uncomfortable stuff. Um, yeah, I've heard a few versions of that story about why they got rid of leading teams, both internally and externally, and it, mm. it's certainly dead and buried. But it was good that Jack told that story, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, and, you know, it's, it did work for other clubs, but um, it, it's, an, it's an important story in their emotional evolution. Mm. And just to credit... I love Jack's stories of Coburg and Tasmanian footy, and his yeah, father. Yeah, I love those. I, and his father belting a, um, his father playing as runner, um, belting yeah. one of the opposition players who was pulling him. He's uh, going to play a game for Clarence next year, uh, or this this come, upcoming season. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, he's lo- he's love for, t- for someone who left Tasmania very young. His genuine love for it um, really comes through. Well, he's he, the the revolts are Tassie footy royalty, so yeah. I don't know. It, it was good. Um, the yeah, I look Jack. Um, you know, talked. Uh, yeah, he was honest about um, both how much he enjoyed doing media, but also his struggles with it, uh, which which I thought was interesting. But yeah, no, look the. So yeah, I'd recommend the Jack book. Probably learnt a bit more from the Trent book, like particularly um, him talking about how uh, it was difficult to be a leader who wasn't a big drinker. You know, he was married married young and, you know, always, you know, he got along very well with uh, Basher, who's obviously um, uh, very much a similar uh, family-orientated lifestyle. Um, yeah, the lack of lack of support for him, uh, other than Dimmer, but the lack of support from the club when he was a young captain, I think came through. Um, actually, both Jack and Trent. Uh, it's I don't know that I really knew um, Alex Rance all that much better from reading the books, but certainly, you know, both of them just huge admiration for him as a. Uh, as a teammate and a competitor. Um, yeah, I enjoyed that. Um, and I really enjoyed, maybe to, to finish, the uh, uh, Trent talking about Dusty. I thought it was really insightful and saying, look, you've 
Dusty's got a really interesting story to tell if he ever chooses uh, to tell it and with his with his personal journey. So, yeah. Um, um, I'll, I'll, I'll lend you the Trent book after this. <laughs> yeah. For whatever reason, Jack was notably reticent to talk about Dusty, wasn't he? Uh, I got the... Yeah, I didn't... He's he's not as... Not as close, but still close. Like, that... Yeah, it was know. not... It was just a, like, that would be the publisher. The publisher would say, talk about Dusty. Like, that's that's money. It'll be a quote. Mm. Like, it'll get you publicity. And they... He was... He talked about him... He was positive. Like, I'm not saying mm. anything there. I'm just saying, yeah, he didn't, he didn't dwell on any story about how he... But- but Dusty did choose to always stand next to Jack and Trent in the last year. Totally, I think. I think. I think Jack also let has let Dusty tell his own story. He just didn't say it explicitly. That's the choice he made. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think he's as close. Like Dusty's clearly very close to Trent's family and, and stuff like that. Um, mm. Yeah, no, no, it was it was good. Well, right. More, more, more rich. Um. What Richmond books uh, do you want uh, now that we haven't got? I don't know because oh, bugger! I forgot. I forgot to mention the Neil Barn book when I was talking about all the Richmond books. God, there have been a lot. Anyway, sorry, interrupt. I was thinking there hadn't been a, a Ruckman book, but then I realised. Well, oh. they had. They had kind of. <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't think any of us are. Uh, uh, are expecting a Toby Nankervis tell-all um, autobiography, you know, as, as told to Conrad Marshall. Um, uh, he'd, have, he'd have some fun stories of Tassie footy, I reckon. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it'd be a great article one day if he ever told what he really thought about the, what happened at the Swans. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'm not holding my breath. Moving on, Nick. There were oh, AFL draft. Uh, sorry. Oh, sorry, just to, to, to finish. So, no... Uh, so no, no more Richmond books on your your must-have list. Hmm. No, not really. I mean, the, the, the realities are obviously an interesting story, but you know, um, sort of Jack was probably the one that I was mm. most keen to read. Coxon's one is, you know, surprisingly, as you've said, insightful. Um, no. Oh, I've I've got three now. Like I. Um, I want to speak into being the Joel Bowden book. <laughs> Actually, yeah, fair I reckon that'd be really interesting. Um, uh, tell me, you wouldn't read a Shane Edwards book? Yep, yep, totally. Um, uh, actually, two more. God, um, uh, absolutely. If if Dusty really did a, um, you know, sat down with someone like Conrad, um, uh, and and did a did a serious memoir, that'd be that'd be really interesting. Um, oh, totally. Yeah, I've, um, just, I've I've discounted that you'll ever open up, but yeah, you, you're exactly right. Mm. I can agree more. Um, and I'd re- I'd certainly read it in my book too. Yeah, after he retires. After he retires. Yeah, not while he's at the Swans. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, oh, quietly, I also find Tom Lynch quite an interesting person. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'd read it. <laughs> of course. Um, so look to to finish off. It it has been uh, so long uh, since we did a show um, that uh, the 
AFLW draft um, is now in December, which which sort of makes sense uh, for the epically long uh, preseason, but it is a bit it is a bit weird, um, you know, for a season starting in uh, August um, to have the draft in uh, December. But um, we drafted uh, with our with our first round draft pick, uh, Isabel Bacon, um, who's who's a really good athlete, um, sort of relatively new to football, um, uh, uh, test, tested uh, both for speed and endurance at draft camp, and averaged seven point five uh, tackles per game um, in the in the under eighteens. Um, so yeah, very you know, look, she was picked. 13, so she uh, is a bit, uh, a little bit rough, rough around the edges. Um, uh, but yeah, clearly, clearly an effort with her and our se- and our second pick, uh, Mackenzie Ford, who's uh, yeah, whereas Bacon's sort of a midfield utility halfback type, Ford's a Ford pocket. Um, uh, uh, Slash slash midfield type um, uh, plays in a blue helmet, which is pretty eye catching. Also tackles uh, uh, like crazy, um, six and a half tackles a game uh, last year. Also fast uh, and cracks in. And uh, not only is our first uh, Tasmanian women's football player, but um, comes from the town of Dover, which is literally the most southern town in all of Australia. So there you go. Mm. Um, like, <laughs> impossible to judge, but with Bacon, my first thought was, you know, give me that sweet, sweet athletic upside with uh, the propensity for violence. It's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, the kicking's inconsistent because she is, she is relatively new uh, to football, but... Um, yeah, it it's uh, it's a very much a, uh, these are complementary players, uh, you know, to put around Mon and Grace Egan and Ellie McKenzie, God willing. Um, uh, but yeah, there was clearly a plan. Okay, Nick. Question without notice, and I'll go first because mm. I've just been making up on my head. We've got two preseason televised preseason games coming up. Um, yep. one appears to be official, one not. Who cares? They're televised in no. the commentary. Um, they, they, <laughs> they both count for the same number of premiership points. Exactly. Um, Melbourne and Collingwood. Um, unfortunately, not doing the sort of the same country road trip as as we we have in the past. Um, I know. Yeah, distinctly, distinctly disappointed about that. Yeah, love a trip to Wang or someone like that. Um, hmm. Or the De- the Devonport game. I thought that was that was a nice touch. Totes. Um, so, a couple of things. Obviously, I think number one is Noah Bolter, um, yeah. showing a bit of yep. bit of forecraft. Um, number two, uh, I'd like to see Tom Brown really kick on. Didn't yeah. wasn't that noticeable in the preseason game, but you know, obviously that draft class, you know, it's it's, it's getting time. I'll, I'll take Banks if, but you know, ideally both. So a bit of a flash from them, and three, the sort of the midfield coming together. Um, you know, maybe a bit of McAuliffe, maybe yes. maybe a bit of um, Thompson Dow looking like looking really good against AFL opposition. Hopper maybe looking really fresh. Um, I, 
you know, I, I wasn't overwhelmed with the un, overwhelmed with his precision last year. So maybe he's kicking up this year. People who said he's been training down the house town, anything like that. Like the midfield, it's a as we said, you look midfield, you look forward line. There's a aside from the obvious of new kids doing well, it'd be you know mm. be really interesting to see that against two teams who have presumably on paper quite good midfields for the game. Although I presume all of them. Oh yeah, they're, I think they're two of the top three premiership hopefuls. So. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, I already I've talked about Gukas, but yeah, I, I think he is his his return to fitness and form um, is hugely important. Absolutely uh, uh, for the club. Um, Sam Banks, um, I thought he made a, a solid start to his career last year. I'd like to see him look like he's he's taken a step. Um, and sort of just one of the – we've got a lot of young small forwards on the team, uh, mm. you know, Maurice Rioli Jr., uh, Seth Campbell, Steely Green, Coulthard, uh, uh, like I'm sure I'm seeing, seeing another one as well. Um, but, yeah, there's there's quite a few of them on the list. And, yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to see one of, the, one of them emerge. Um <laughs> Oh, and, um, and Swansea's been playing forward, even though uh, apparently the long-term yeah. t- plan is midfield. Uh, that just his attacking skills. He looked great in the practice game, and but there were a kind of woof moments with him just having that, you know, that that extra birth of of being able to find pace and acceleration and lateral movement. Um, he looked excellent in the preseason game. So I take would you, would you count that as is a potential small forward? Prospect because I don't think he's correct. Half half forward. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, half, I think... half forward mid. Unfortunately, he's suspended for the first. Well, for the first two games of the season. Does that mean? But he's eligible for the practice games, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. Annoyingly enough. But yeah. Right. So uh, we'll we'll be back uh, probably sometime. Um, during the presenters and games, once we've once we've got enough to talk about, but yeah. Um, final thought, Nick. Um, yeah. I'm going to spare you my WWE analysis because, as we <laughs> all know, there's a big Australian event coming up. Um, yeah, to say, which which you're going to. Good yeah, times. Suffice to say, I'm on Team Cody, but um, to something that perhaps is a slightly less niche. Your NFL team is playing in the Super Bowl on Monday. They, they are playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, the I'm San Francisco. San Francisco 49ers. Thank goodness your quarterback has improved his <laughs> shaky playoff form because I, I bought you a shirt of his for Christmas. But how oh, are you no. feeling? I was very thoughtful. Uh, uh, extremely nervous. Um, the uh, We're very slight favourites and I don't think we deserve to be. Like I'd like to say I was feeling, I'm feeling like uh, pre-Adelaide. Um, Final, but I'm I'm sort of worried. It's a bit more like a very how I felt before our last uh, final versus Brisbane, where we managed to find a way to lose in uh, uncomfortable and comedic fashion. Yeah, and you do have a coach who's a genius, but has an unfortunate habit of making bad Brain. decisions in Brain. in key moments. And you've got a shaky kicker. Yeah, not helping. Anyway. Uh. Um, I, I genuinely um, uh, wish you all the best for the game, and um, it's, uh, yeah. 
Look, the um, uh, I uh, I was lucky enough to see Australia uh, qualify for the World Cup for the for the first time in thirty four years back in uh, two thousand and five, um, and for a while there, that was that was my favourite individual sporting moment. But yeah, uh, Super Super Bowls can't match premierships. <laughs> Indeed, I'm Nick. I'm Andy. We're Richmond Tiger Talk.